the comparables and or the um, the competition, the comp set is looking at how we can differentiate, mm -hmm. and the audience is how we can connect and connect with them and and what they they connect with. Welcome to Inside Front Cover, the nine-episode podcast chronicling the design process behind the cover of my new book about starting design museum everywhere. I'm your host, Sam Aquilano. I'm an entrepreneur and business designer. And that was Paul Rice from Proportion Design diving into this week's design session. The design process continues. We're still building that solid foundation of shared understanding between my vision for the book and where the Proportion team will go with the visual design of the cover. We started with Discovery, where the team learned about me and my book. And last week, we checked out the competition to see what design, business, and entrepreneurship books are looking like these days. And this helped inspire us and once again, got that conversation going and flowing about what's working and what would be right for this book. The goal of this process is, of course, a book cover. But I gotta say, our sessions are really helping me write and rewrite the book as well. As we dig deeper and deeper into the story of founding the museum, and you know, we're talking about how the book can best serve its audience. And audience is what this episode is all about. You know, who is going to be interested in this book? Who's gonna learn from this book? Who's going to tell their friends about this book? These are all questions the Proportion team is helping me answer. So let's have Proportion's co-founders, Blake Goodwin and Paul Rice, explain this part of the process and how it's focused on audience development. Trying to get people to really think critically about who they're trying to sell something to and what does that person actually value in life, but also in what they associate with. Um, that's fundamentally what we're trying to do with the target audience stuff. They're all pieces of, of this overall uh, identity that, that we develop for ourselves. And we want to make sure that we're fitting in into that, um, that identity with what we create for this, for this audience. I'm heading back to Proportion Design's office for our next conversation with Blake and Paul focused on audience. Okay, what's up? Hello, hello. Hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. So what's on the docket for today? Uh, so target audience today. Oh, fun. Maybe a little bit fun. more condensed than the last sessions, okay. but uh, still good. some good stuff in here. Who's going to read this thing? We do a little bit of per personas, but we also explore sort of the psychographic. Personas. What is a persona? So it's a clever tool used in design to basically create fictional characters. Characters that are based on research, based on talking to people, real people, that you know may embody your user group or your customer base. But creating personas is a way to distill down that research into a character or characters that embody the characteristics of your core audience. Since we're used to doing things for people, personas help personify a large data set or patterns in the market into a, uh, well, a person, a fictional person or fictional people that you can refer to throughout the design process. 
When I worked in the consumer electronics industry, uh, the team I was on, we visited hundreds of homes to learn how people buy, organize, and listen to digital music. We then grouped specific characteristics into a handful of what we use. We used comic book characters. And yes, someone on our team actually even made a comic book. But, you know, so it's so much easier to talk about these fictional people than to mention the 50 or 60 people that embody these characteristics. So it's a really helpful tool, especially since not everyone can go to every interview. Uh, Personas help focus the design work. So you can always be referring back and asking, you know, is this, is what we're making what this person actually wants and will pay for? And, you know, are we solving a problem for this particular person? You know, those, those personas are one person um, to get a, a broad idea, but then we like doing the broad idea as well. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know, not necessarily demographics, but psychographics. Mm-hmm. Who, who is the person where we're targeting with this book? Ah, and Paul is also mentioning demographics versus psychographics. And I think this is a really important distinction. Demographics are more like statistical data you might collect about people like age, gender, race, or income. But psychographics are more about someone's likes, dislikes, desires, attitudes, and even their aspirations. And I've seen so many personas based on demographics. And honestly, unless the personas are based on real research, it just seems like it's not the area to focus on. You know, it's also super easy for your own biases to affect these personas you create if they're only based on demographics. But psychographics sort of transcend demographics and I think are more interesting in a business context. When we made our digital music personas, we had folks who were meticulous about cataloging their digital music. And then there were also the streaming browsers who sort of just dipped their toe in the water of whatever was playing online. And um, those are different psychographics of how people behave. You know, in our case here, proportion is focused on psychographics for trying to, again, distill who the audience is for my book. And they start with an overall high-level composite of that audience. So our audience, the, the composite here, first, we are steeped in the creative economy. Artists, makers, designers, musicians looking to push the next big idea. Though we're go-getters and resourceful, we don't necessarily have the business acumen to feel comfortable starting or growing our venture. We are adventurous, but not reckless, resolute in our drive, but not unwavering. We are creative biz curious. <laughs> so that that is our target composite right there. Yeah, that sounds um, good. The creative biz curious people. You know, they're, they're looking to, to start something, but not sure where to start. Mm-hmm. They've always had this sort of entrepreneurial drive, but need sort of a friend or a partner to, to help them, help push them on their yeah, journey. Yeah, get them going. That could be this book. Yeah, this book could be their, their partner. Okay, so we have the high-level composite of the audience, right? Creative Biz Curious. To paint a bit of a picture for you now of Blake and Paul's presentation, they now have slides for each persona with a stock photo of a person and their moniker or title, you know, what we'll call them going forward. And then there's a short description. In persona creation, design teams do typically create or use some image. Again, we're used to talking about and connecting with real people. So with these images and titles and descriptions, 
we're forming that character. We're forming a shared understanding of who these fictional characters are so we can use them, so we can talk about them in the design we process. A few personas now to explore the, the creative, biz curious folks. Who, who are those people? So the ambitious architect. We like alliteration. Yeah, yeah. yeah helps, helps with memory and it's just Everything, fun. If you can do anything, you should do it. <laughs> right. It creates a sing-songy approach to our presentations. Yes. So the first persona, ambitious architect. I'm a 27-year-old architect with an idea to start an organization that teaches CAD skills to middle and high school students. I can see the impact and have an approach that I think will work, but I don't know where to start. I'm working a day job at a big firm, but dream of making my venture happen. Yeah, this, you know, I've seen a lot of myself in, in this one. Next, the excited educator. I've been teaching design in higher ed for 15 years now and realized that the college design programs aren't truly preparing the students for the real world job market. Maybe it's time to shake up my department or start an organization that does it all differently. It seems like such a beast of an idea. Where do I even start? Is it worth the effort? The marketing maven. I've been in the ad world for my whole professional career, clocking hours and being at the mercy of clients. Through that, I've met my best friend. They asked me to take a leap and start a new agency with them. One that will do things a little differently. I'm super excited, but still a bit hesitant. This was our dream, but is it worth the struggle? The struggle is real. Is it worth the struggle? I think so. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I think this one really dovetails nicely into the next persona. Okay, this last one is a joke. It's a picture of Paul and Blake, who I think you could say were creative biz curious when they started their design firm. Paul and Blake. <laughs> <laughs> What's the scenario? Yeah, we can jump that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but that's an interesting persona of that statement of like, I am confident, I can do it. I just need, like you said, I just need a little yeah. framework or, you know, if I think about Derek and I as personas, just thinking of you two as co-founders here, it's like, we thought we were invincible and we were just gonna like fail our way <laughs> into success. <laughs> and maybe if we had this book, we would could have started up couple, faster. A couple steps ahead. Yeah, a couple steps ahead, yeah. exactly. Versus like just feeling in the dark and being like, this seems okay. Now, do you feel, like, I know you're, you said your audience and, and we have the audience as creative, biz curious. Yeah. Is it leaning more towards nonprofit or sort of non, sort of profit agnostic? Yeah, I think it's profit, profit agnostic. It's just, cause I've always looked at the museum as a business, <clears throat> as a for-profit, nonprofit. To me, there's no difference except we don't pay taxes. <laughs> Um, and I, and actually I think that's, you know, I mentioned on our first session, like creative startups, I think nonprofits in particular have to be super creative because already the business model has gotten broken. Right. And that's why the IRS is like, Hey, you're mission-based. There isn't a profit motive. You can't get investors. So, uh, good luck. Right. And also here's a little, you know, help. You don't have to pay taxes. Right. That'll help you, you know, proceed, you know, but from there it's, no walk in the park. You have to be extremely creative in the business models that you take on. A lot of nonprofits that I know 
uh, have collaborated with have like multiple business models going, including right. design museum. Right. So it's like, um, I think that's given me a kind of like a, you know, injector of like different business takes and models. But yeah, I think anyone for profit, nonprofit can learn from this. Yeah. But I think more often than not, they have the product like we did. We knew we want to do programming, but how do you actually turn that into money? Right. And you don't have to, we borrowed the best of other business models as is probably good. You don't have to reinvent that, but we did mash them up in an interesting way. Yeah. We, we did a little bit of that as yeah. well here. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, that's, I think, um, that's creativity. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the creative startup. That's innovation. Taking, yeah. taking bits and pieces and putting putting them together. I had a question for you guys. How did you even go about making these personas? Like we've talked about, we went through discovery, went through comps. What was your process? And then you've picked these images to go with them as well. So what what's the process? Um, trying to get sort of a thinking about who the book is for and what's written in there and what are some of these scenarios that people might find useful in the book and who those people are. It's sort of um, going backwards from the content yeah. and, and thinking about who, who those people are. Because mm -hmm. this, this is such a great distillation of like our discovery session, right? It's like taking that whole thing and putting it into like people. Yeah, right. It's and it's just more of the also continually getting us together, mm -hmm. all kind of thinking the same way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's easier <clears throat> to wrap your head around one person. Yeah, definitely. Than a, a broad group of people, yeah. and that's why we like to show both the broad, the the psychographic target, who this who this group of people is, but then drill down into those individuals, because then it makes it tangible and, and a little easier to target. It does. It, as I, it's easy on this book because the museum story is so broad to try to put something for everyone. Yeah. And that's, you know, not going to fly. It's just not going to. We always say that a lot of our design decisions and creative decisions down the way from here are always looking back to the strategy. Like, yeah. would this decision make sense for this person? Yeah. How did you guys decide to break out of the startup that you were part of and start another, basically, basically a startup. We had, um, well, our tank wasn't a startup anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Pretty it was well established a growing business. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. getting, you know, kind of properly segmented as a company and everything. Yeah. And, um, we had, you know, people knew about like the stuff we did at our tag yeah. regarding like the branding and the marketing and the design and just building the company as well. Yeah. Um, so kind of had a little bit of a reputation that we were able to leverage, execute, yeah, yeah and, and kind of mm -hmm. jump off from and mm -hmm. and do the the branding consult branding and design consultation, and it just got to the point. Kind of, I think the biggest thing was where it did start to get a little less of that entrepreneurial yeah. aspect. Um, like I think, mm -hmm. and we were kind of like, well, we like just doing this stuff so yeah, it's yeah. not a bad thing to have a lifestyle and that was and it's it's continuously challenging mm -hmm. this service that we offer for mm -hmm. folks so kind of scratches that itch perhaps a little bit more than where our say got to yeah, or yeah. was at mm -hmm. um 
that was kind of the big thing, I think, for the most part. We enjoy brand building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do what you, want, that, do what you yeah. enjoy. We right. built that brand. <laughs> and it was time to yeah. to build other brands. Yeah. Ooh, what's this? So, you know, from, from the target audience, the composite and the personas, we look at brand associations. Next up, Blake puts up a slide with different brand images from companies like Apple, like there's the, the iPhone and the Apple Watch and some of the Apple packaging. There's Wired Magazine and Print Magazine. There's Warby Parker glasses, Tom's shoes, and more. Because brand doesn't live in a vacuum. Right. Um, so what what are some brands the audience relates to? Gotcha. And can we take some visual cues from those brands? Because all the brands we associate with are essentially badges we wear. Mm -hmm. Some of them actual badges in, yeah. in the clothing. Um, yeah, but you know, it's like it's like our um, our Girl Scout bad, uh, sashes. Yeah, that's right. Th these are all of our our badges. Mm -hmm. um, so if we're looking to target these people, how can we fit within that sash of badges that they gotcha. they wear? So some brands, obviously, like Apple, um, looking also at Print Magazine or Com Arts mm -hmm. or Wired or Fast Company, um, some of those. Nice. <laughs> and then companies like Warby Parker yeah. trying to creative businesses. That's a creative startup. Creative, creative startup. Yeah. Or companies like Tom's. Mm -hmm. Yep. Interesting business. Nonprofit, profit. And then, you know, what do some of these creative people associate with like coffee brands and mm -hmm. um, craft beer, Herschel uh, backpacks, mm -hmm. some of the con consumer brands that that our audience might wear or associate with? And what are some of the design cues that, that they're using to target a similar audience? Mm -hmm. Another component of all of this is starting to make the case that it's a pretty sophisticated marketplace these days where there's a lot of thought and consideration into the fundamentals of these brands, the design that goes around these brands, the positioning of each brand, kind of showing how that plays out and thinking about, okay, the bar is decently high. This process is so great. I really love it, but I'm worried I'm going to be a drag on it if I don't decide on a title for this book, which just feels so incredibly hard. And so the best approach I can take is to talk through and brainstorm with the proportion team, with others. So you want to yeah, brainstorm some cover? I... Yeah. Do we have a whiteboard or something that we can? So it's like, what are our, this, actually, this is, I think, good for our conversation about personas. What are those personas gonna put in the Amazon search bar right. that's gonna yield this book? And that could be the subtext. Yeah, yeah, the whole title is what's, you know, um, the search is pulling, you know. Oh, I mean, we can adapt these. Learning to start. Hire yourself, convince others. That's right. I like that one. I mean, because at the end of the day, my, my job, has been to convince others to 
Join the team to donate. Tearing down walls that weren't built yet. Breaking down invisible walls. Breaking down invisible walls. That actually goes many different ways. Yeah. All the invisible walls you put up in your mind. Yeah. It's deep. And the, the walls that the We brainstormed for about, about an hour and came up with a huge my, list of potential um, titles. The difficulty lies in creating a title that's unique and stands out, you know, short two to four word title that encapsulates the whole story and takeaways from the book, but yet is also mysterious and intriguing enough that it makes readers want to learn more when they first see it. And as we said, it needs to be searchable on sites like Amazon and Google as folks are looking for, you know, a particular book they want to learn from. So I'm just having such a hard time with this. Hero journeys are like flying alone. Yeah, yeah. The, like flying with others. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the flying bait? Yes. <laughs> what I often do is chat things through with my wife, Nicole. She has her own entrepreneurial endeavor, Nicole Aquilano Ceramics, where she makes one-of-a-kind tableware products like cups and bowls and vases, plates, all kinds of things. And she designs and makes everything by hand and sells in stores all around the country. Being two business owners, being married, Nicole and I often strategize together about our businesses. So I wanted to kind of get her take on some of the favorites right, that so came out of that brainstorm. Brainstorm titles. I've got a list of like a hundred. Oh, man. And I can't decide if I should tell you my favorite. Oh, 100? No. <laughs> do you want to hear my favorite or do you want to like walk you through what we talked about and then get to my favorite? I'll just sense. You should probably give me the, the background because otherwise I'll be coming at it from nowhere. Yeah, let me throw some of these out. Right. So, of course, we started with a creative startup journey, which is like. Could be a subtitle. Oh, yeah. Um, learning to start. Mm. Because my favorite song is Learning to Fly. Uh, I like this one. Hire yourself, convince others. That's not bad. It's kind of long. It's only four words. It just feels like there's a lot packed into this four words. <laughs> that could also have a subtitle. These books typically have a title and then a subtitle. Yeah. This was the... This whole episode's about personas. Like they basically make characters that are the audience of the book, like fake people. So the overall theme of these personas was creative biz curious. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> we thought maybe that should just be the title, but no. Opportunities everywhere. You got design museum everywhere? Oh, I didn't make that connection. It just sounded oh, too boy. cheesy to me. Oh, boy. It'd be rough. This book is a museum. Fake it till you make it. Oh, but that, that's like... Overdone? Yeah. Are these your top five? No, no. All right, so here is my favorite. Okay. Start with we. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like And that? then you poo? No! <laughs> we as in us. It makes me think of the kids going to the bathroom. So, 
There's a famous business book called Start With Why. Oh, well. And then this could be Start With We. It could be Start With We, a creative startup journey. I, all I can think about is, <laughs> well, little kid pee. Oh, my God. Um, That's my favorite. It's like I feel like I would say that to Rafi. Just start with your we, and if anything else happens, stay there. Oh, my God. That was your favorite? That's my favorite. Because the whole book is about, like, it's not just me. It's like the community. And this is why you want to share your ideas with a number of people to get their take. And Nicole is always, clearly, always going to give me honest feedback because, hey, we trust each other. (laughs) All right, the other one was Invisible Walls. And it could similarly be Invisible Walls, a creative startup journey. The other one was Breaking Down Invisible Walls. That's it? That's what I got. Oh, man. You hate them all. Um, Back to the drawing board. The other one we did come up with that I didn't write down was MeWe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe if I saw it, you know, I wouldn't think of W-E-E. Yeah, when I see it, I don't think of, of urine? P. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's not two E's. <laughs> Um, I could go and start with we if I see it. We'll see it. Yeah. But this is a podcast. (laughs) 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 I think my favorite is how yourself convince others. But I don't know. Is that even the whole, what your book is about? Not really. Not really. It's about the whole, I mean. That could be a a chapter title. Yeah, that's true. So what is, I mean, it's really a creative startup journey. That's what we're getting down to is it's like they did like research on the other competitive books out there. What makes us unique is it's a first person account of this journey. Huh. I don't even, I can't do start with we, a creative startup journey because it starts in there twice. It had to be like start with we, a story of creative entrepreneurship. Oh, How about if that's the title and then the subtitle is From Me to We? Can't even say it without laughing. (laughs) No, the subtitle for that would have to be like A Creative Startup Journey. How a team of... Well, it doesn't have to be that. It could be whatever you want. Well, yeah, but (laughs) I'm just saying the way, like the, the rhythm of it. A Creative Startup Journey. How a team of misfits... Took on the museum world. That's not the right title, but you get it. It's like, uh, yeah. what is the journey? It's like you're clarifying what the journey is. Oh, you're explaining how subtitles work. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you? You like start with we? I do, but you don't like it. It's fine. You think other people will think of P? You should say it to a few other people and see if they burst out laughing. <laughs> Well, these guys didn't. Oh, well, there you go. Do they have kids? They do. Oh. Little kids. They don't, they're not home with them all day. No. Because I think that's like the thing that keeps coming up in these chapters. I mean, you're right. The first one's about convincing myself. Second one, though, from there, it's like me and Derek. That's this whole community. And then the whole idea around getting past the naysayers is that you have people who support you, who like believe yeah. in you, even though people are telling you you can't do it. 
So it's either start with we. That's a lot of explaining. Hire yourself, convince others was another favorite, and creative startup journey was potential good subtitle. Yeah, I don't think hire yourself, convince others makes sense anymore because that's not the whole thing. No. I do think, like, if someone reads this book, if I want them to get one thing out of it, is that you need people. Yeah, you network. Yeah. What about We Are the Start? That's better. But Start with We is like the start of that journey. Starting. Oh. All right. Just do Start with We. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll put it out there. I mean, will you explain your title like in the foreword or something? Or there's an intro. Yeah, once you convinced me of it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but I don't, I guess I'll try to convince people on the Amazon page. Yeah. All right, thanks. Mm, that didn't really help. It helped. I didn't plan to go so deep on titles, but it just felt like it did make sense to go down that road when thinking about the audience. And, you know, we really need a title and soon. And clearly we're not there yet based on Nicole's feedback, but I will keep working at it. I'm writing this book for people, real people like you, you all listening, and anyone who's ever been curious about launching a creative startup, or as Blake and Paul said, anyone who's creative biz curious. It's hard to think about a broad group of people when writing or when designing a brand. So breaking that audience down into personas, you know, our ambitious architect, our excited educator, and our marketing maven, Breaking it down helps us hold these folks in our minds as we continue the work on this book cover. I know it'll help me as I continue to write and edit the book, keeping it you know, very tight and making sure that the book is for these personas and hence you know, the broad real audience that identifies with these personas will get the most out of this story. We've had three conversations, discovery, competition, and audience, and These discussions form the foundation of the design work that's coming up. So next week, we'll get into the true distillation of all of this early work. Blake and Paul will share the brand attributes that will guide the visual design work to come, which I cannot wait for. Inside Front Cover is written and produced by me, Sam Aquilano. Our theme music is Creative Week by Immersive Music. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.